Coming to you direct from our super secret studio. Hello, this is Washington for Beautiful People on Deep State Radio. You can find us also in our new home on iTunes. And if you like this podcast, rate it, rank it, and give me lots of info. And if you don't like it, you should lie and still rate it and rank it. And I'm your host, Emily Brandwin. I'm CIA Spy Girl on Twitter. And we're broadcasting from the East Coast today. And it's a very special episode. I am talking to my first pro athlete turned political commentator. And you've seen him playing uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, New England Patriots twice, Baltimore Ravens, and others. And you can also see him currently on CNN. And he's appeared on MSNBC, too. And, and Fox News, believe it or not. Don't hold that against me. Well, now you're blowing my intro. <laughs> Seriously, do you not know how to be a guest? Oh, my God. Okay, so it's Dante Stallworth. Hey, Dante. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You're welcome. And before we went on air, I made Dante laugh, and I legitimately <laughs> was two seconds away from a spit take. Uh, point two seconds away, actually. It's like the biggest <laughs> comedic compliment ever to get a spit take. Do you not realize this? Oh, man. You got me. You almost got me. Um, I should admit one thing first before we go, and I need to speak my truth. Um, when we started following each other, I... Didn't know you played football? Yes. Perfect. Are you serious? Uh, yeah. Perfect. I had no idea. So Stick the football. Not that you would say that, but I hear it often. I enjoy it because it's kind of like, eh, my parents bought me a telescope before they bought me a football. I loved football since I was a kid, but it's not what I've only been about my whole life. And so I, I wanted to be an astronaut when I was a child. Really? Uh, I mean, well, I was a weird kid. I wanted to be a geologist. I love learning about... Uh, all the natural disasters. I'm from California, so uh, earthquakes and uh, yeah, I, I was like, 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 yeah, I was into all all those things as a child. That must have made you super popular to be into like rocks and disasters and <laughs> stars and stuff. Uh, not really, actually. Uh, <laughs> the popularity came from uh, you know being blessed with football talent and cultivating that talent and and uh, getting myself a. Uh, uh, a, a scholarship to the University of Tennessee, my lovely school. What did you, th when you went to college, well, I will tell you, and then I had a question about college, is that you have given me a lot of credit at my home because my husband's from Boston. Oh, yes. So yes. he was thrilled. And then <laughs> we're going to be talking about the Patriots later because I have some challenges Let's with a couple of players and coaches, one coach in particular. <laughs> um, and my father-in-law is thrilled, so this is very exciting. So if anything, you've given me a lot of cred. That's perfect. That's perfect. When you went to Tennessee, you were a psychology major, correct? I was, yep. What did you think? Did you think I'm going to go football pro or did you think this is where I'm going to go? Like what was your game, my, your game plan, no pun intended, going <laughs> in? Well, um, so my freshman year, I, well, I got back to my, child, my childhood roots, and uh, I told them that I wanted to study astronomy. And I get in the class the first day, the first maybe 10 minutes, and I realized that uh, you had to be somewhat competent in mathematics, which I am not at all. <laughs> Me neither. And, um, you know, I, I feel bad that I kind of turned my dream down that easily, but I, I never went back to the class and changed courses 
And I was struggling to find something that I was interested in, something that could keep me of interest. And a lot of it had to do with that my main interest at the time was football. And uh, it's kind of, you know, you get funneled through, and, and that's just the way the NCAA is set up. But um, I was also using them to be able to uh, get myself to my dream. And so after two years, I had to declare a major, and I took a – I was taking my the, the last of my um, elective courses. And I took an intro to Psych, Psych 101, and we had a young lady who was a professor, or I'm sorry, assistant professor. It was her first time teaching a class. And I could not, like every word she said, I was just like, wait a minute. These are things that I was interested in as a child, but I didn't know there was an actual science to this. <laughs> right? So I, at that moment, I understood two things. I understood that this is what I want to study. I don't know what I want to do with it. I know I like working with kids. I know I like understanding how the mind works. Uh, but I don't know what I want to do with it. Uh, but it's 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 going to be something to keep my interest, and it's and it's something that I'm uh, that I'm definitely interested in. So then I get to the other point with understanding that the assistant professor who was teaching her first time, um, everyone has to have a way to teach that you can, especially as a you know as a literal teacher, uh, you have to have ways that you can that you can teach everyone. Something doesn't work always for one kid or a group of kids. And so you have to be able to transcend all those different type of uh, learning abilities. And so she grabbed my attention immediately and I fell in love with psychology ever since then. It's sort of the power of a teacher. It's it it's is. really interesting because like, I think a lot of kids hate math because not only because it's math, because I hated math, <laughs> yeah. but because they had a bad teacher or they right. had teachers who didn't know how to approach it in a way that made it tangible or palatable or interesting and it just became something that was this giant mountain that you had to climb mm -hmm. and it's amazing you have one teacher who says look at it this way and all of a sudden you're like ah this is this is something I'm I'm into. Have you ever talked to the teacher since or have you ever given no, you know, the I teacher credit and oh, said you well, have no idea what you did for me? I mean I, I wish I, I could uh, track her down somehow. I mean I'm I'm actually going to campus uh, in a in a couple or well, next month actually, so hopefully I'll be able to figure out a way to track her down because she she definitely piqued my interest and, and like I said it was something that I that I was had interest in as a kid all along just didn't know that it there was actual science behind it so once I learned that then you know I ended up uh, you know studying psychology and it's it's something that. I think you could use in any any situation in life, right? Well, I know you want to track her down, and I have a surprise for you. We have her here. To, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, I always wanted to do that. How did you get the name Dante? What do? What was your parents? What was the thought? I'm just. You can't have a name of Dante and not have a backstory. Yeah, yeah. So if you let my dad tell it, I was named after uh someone that played for the Houston Oilers okay. um which I should know his name other than Dante but I, I was going to say his first name is Dante <laughs> yeah, I do know that uh the second uh you listen to my mother who I'm more inclined to do um <laughs> she named me Dante because uh when I was born everyone said I looked so much like her and she wanted my name to be synonymous with hers my mother's name is Donna and she spells it D O N or her mother spells it D O N N A so my mother spells my name, D-O-N-T-E, with an accent after the E. It's very fancy. I, I, yeah. I, you know what is weird? I didn't like my name as a child. You're not I was, supposed to. Yeah. I, I, it was different, and no one else had it. But then, again, as I got a little older and started to understand how uh, history works, and I understand, you know what? Well, I actually have a pretty cool name. And, it has some juice to it. Yeah. And, you know, you learn about uh, Dante Al Alguieri. 
in Italy, and uh, which I was in Italy this past summer. And I know I saw Italians your pictures. love my name, so I'm like, this is perfect name. <laughs> like, tell my childhood self, just relax, buddy. You'll be all right. You're gonna go to Italy, and you're gonna be so goddamn <laughs> exactly, cool. That you're exactly. not gonna believe it. I went to school with a girl named Trilogy. Wow. Because her parents were hippies, and they said mom and dad made me three trilogy. But <laughs> that's pretty cool. I it like is, that. but I think it was it was much harder than Dante. Uh, yeah, probably so. Yeah, pro- kids can be pretty. We're awful. Yeah, we're awful. Yeah, well, Wait, you're... we're what? We're awful. Yeah, I think kids are awful. Like oh, we're I... awful. I just mean in general, like kids can be awful to each other. I thought you were saying like we, you and I are. No, we're. I mean, we're we can perfect. be. We we can we're... be. We're perfect. Okay. No, children are fine. Children are fine. So I no, I was like, no, we're great. <laughs> we're awesome. But I think you know, it's hard. If you, anything that you're that's different when you're younger, it's fodder and it's something to pounce on. You become the sick gazelle in the pack, right. and then they all of a sudden go, oh, her hair is different. Her name is mm-hmm. different. Oh, wait a minute. I feel like I'm talking about me. But something is different, and they just <laughs> they pounce. They see the weakness, and it's you oh, know, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's blood in the water. It's it's uh. It's it's a scary thing to behold. We I've just described an, the next discovery series. I feel like <laughs> there's blood in the water. So you made such an unusual transition, and mm-hmm. I appreciate it because I feel like I've done the same thing with my career mm-hmm. that you went literally from football to politics. And I was wondering because I when I was doing the research, I saw psychology, and I thought I for sure thought in my head you must have studied poli sci or. Whatever the you know something in that mm-hmm. field, how did that come about for you? Oh well, it's a it's a long story, and I think, but it originated. We have eight hours to so take your <laughs> perfect, time. Perfect, perfect. Well, let me take off my shoes if you yeah. don't mind. They smell. I have a they, they don't bag. smell. They smell good. A sleeping bag. Um, so the so how how it happened was I initially, um, I've always loved history. I've always loved uh, sciences, and the older I got, um, it, you know, my my attention uh, and focus kind of shifted towards more so football but once I was uh drafted and and I left college and uh there was you know in college you're you're going to school then you're going to practices which is essentially a full-time job um with the hours that you put in during the week and uh after that I get to the NFL and I have all this free time um so I'm like what am I going to do with my time (laughs) and the two things that I did with my time in, in Louisiana was I would leave work, I would go to the uh, team facility, or I would go leave team facility and go to uh, a shooting range. And I had never like shot a gun before in my life, and I thought it was fun to go to the shooting range and shoot a little bit. And then I would either go home or I would go to Barnes and Noble and pick up some psychology books and some other books and read them there, or take them home and and read them. And that kind of became my process. And uh, I think over time, the more and more I tried to uh, distance myself from the typical football player person I, I was like well actually you know I'm a, I'm a thinking human and <laughs> I have thoughts and uh, and I, I was never never been one to hold my tongue my mother can attest to that and you fast forward uh, I would say probably um, I, I became really really more intrigued once Obama started running for office and uh, but probably not the normal reasons that people would I, I thought it was interesting uh, that there would be a man of color running. I didn't think he had a shot just because of that reason. I kind of like poo-pooed it. But uh, once I saw he started winning some of the primaries and, and it became intriguing to me. And so I learned about him and uh, and his, his upbringing and his life and what brought him to the point of being a, a candidate for the uh, presidency of, the, of America. And 
over time, you know, I just wanted to learn more about him and who was he learning from, who was he getting money from, uh, all these different things that intrigued me. And then it just kind of catapulted me into uh, talking about politics and getting on Twitter and saying That'll anything and every, uh, yeah, <laughs> saying anything and everything that came out came in my <laughs> into my mind, which is obviously not a good thing. Uh, there's a reason why there's a you should take a 30 second pause before that send button. But uh, but oh, I yeah. did have some strong opinions about things. And uh, I know that I think in my, my personal claim to fame, which I I probably should have this on my refrigerator, is when I was still playing uh, or I was a free agent, I should say, I think at the time. Uh, Foreign Policy Magazine had a quick little write-up in me and was like, and they titled it uh, Secret Policy Wonk. And I'm like, Mom, I've made it. Like, forget <laughs> the NFL, forget college and the scholarship and all that. This is what it is right here. Like, Foreign Policy just had a write-up about me. And uh, I was excited about that because I, I'd read it a lot. And from that moment on, I think that was 2011 or 2012. And um, I just became more, the 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 closer that my... Arc, the arc of my career and the intersection of uh, uh, of my retirement started to meet closer together. More and more piqued my interest in politics, and 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 it actually it enabled me to be able to walk walk away from the game fine with uh, moving towards another passion, something I had done my whole life. But uh, you know, I, I was interested in it and got an opportunity at the Huffington Post and went there. Was there for six months and I learned a lot. It was it was a lot of fun. And uh, I, got, I got to, I mean, I got to go to the White House and report from there. I got to hang out at the Pentagon and, and report from there and, and meet some friends and people that are still friends to this day and even on Capitol Hill. And uh, it, I, I know I'm rambling, but it's just no, interesting it's how, uh, you know, I'm, I'm walking and people are like, what are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> They're like, what are you doing here? I'm like, oh, my, like I'm at the Pentagon. It's the most guarded building in the world. I'm like, um, I didn't do it. Whatever it was, I didn't do it. But no, they would come up to me and. Uh, you know, whether they're generals or, you know, people would come up to me and recognize me and just totally blew my mind because I'm like, you know, you guys got issues that you're dealing with more important. I'm like, they're just in my mind. I'm like, they're just robots. They just work. They don't watch football. But uh, a lot of people who watch football yeah. in this country. And so a few. <laughs> yeah, a just a few. Right. And, and that gave honestly, that gave me a, a leg up to be able to um, start uh, that career as a journal as a journalist and being able to get sources and meet with people and um, something that I'm still learning to. Uh, kind of cultivate, but uh, you know it's fun and I enjoy it and, and I love being in the city. I love the city. It's I don't live here anymore, and every time I come back, I always t- I I miss it more and more because I think you feel the weight of the city and you right. feel I don't want to say power because that sounds you know like an evil genius making fun the power of the city blah, <laughs> but you feel it. You feel the For history sure. and y- sure. it's it's palpable. I, you know the hair raises right. up, but it's interesting. You said that how people recognized you it's helped you and it's very similar to being in the CIA when you're a case officer because you try to make that connection and Mm -hmm. it's we always say it's like the you me same same you'll hear them say and that's basically finding that common point of interest or finding something and for them it's football oh my gosh and all of a sudden you guys are friends you're not really but you are and that allows you to have those kinds of conversations yeah it does which is amazing yeah it is um and you know one of my favorite guys is uh general milley who's uh who's also uh from from massachusetts uh area uh boston area and so he's like, uh, you know, when I was at the Pentagon once, he's like, Dante, you got to come in here and check out my football. He's like, everybody signed it. Like, Brady signed it. Will you sign it? I'm like, of course I'm going to sign Like, are you um, kidding me? Yeah. No, um, I'm not going to sign <laughs> right? it. Right? But, uh, no, I, I like General Milley a lot, and um, and I've had some time to 
like at, at different functions, meeting with him and talking to him about some things really interesting. And, uh, you know, like things like that, just cultivating little relationships like that. It's been really cool and, and fun. Have any have you met anybody, any of the generals, anybody in that world that you've been starstruck by? Because I'm sure they get starstruck by you. So I'm curious if they are if you've been you're like General Milley or. <laughs> I, you know what? I actually knew about uh, General Milley before getting to the Pentagon. Um, you know, I mean, you know, he's a he's a, uh, a four star general, three star general, and he's done a lot, you know, throughout his career. And then on top of that, being from Boston, you kind of you, you you always get the the uh, plan for New England people. They're you know, crazy. Th- yeah, they they love it, and uh, they're they, insane. <laughs> and they have a good reason to be. Uh, oh God, you know, we're gonna go a, there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, the Patriots and the New England uh, area they they uh, they they rally behind their sports, right? Um, and they have really they have good sports teams, and they've historically been good in in all sports. So yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, they I hear definitely that all the time. <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't mind telling people that. But no, it's cool when I get to meet, um, you know, uh, people and a lot a lot of Boston fans. Um, John Krasinski, I just bumped into bumped into uh, quote unquote. I'll pick up that name for you. <laughs> I know, right? That's <laughs> right? all right. I see that right? you dropped the name. No, it, I got it for it you. It's, it is. I mean, it just. Emily just totally blows my mind how um, like I even sometimes forget that I played football because it's not I've I've tried I always never even as a player I never tried to identify myself as an NFL player which also helped me once I was finished playing the game because I didn't have my uh, identity stripped from me it's very hard you know and yeah psychologically that I think that's a reason why a lot of guys have issues but um, he was f- out here filming um, the Jack, Jack Ryan. Ryan show and. Mm. Uh, I had a friend who uh, knew the director, and I went down there, and uh, I'm like, I was going to introduce myself, but he's like, hey, Dante, and I'm like, what, dude? Like, how do you know who I am? And he introduced me to his pants, and just a really nice guy. Boston people are really nice. And uh, General Milley, like I said, he's he's one of my guys, and he's he's like my go-to when people start uh, talking about going to war with North Korea or whatever. I'm like, well, General Milley said, and then I send the, <laughs> the uh, YouTube uh, video of him talking about how how catastrophic that war would be, and it's obviously something that no one, uh, including the North Koreans, don't want to get in a war with us. I think there's, yeah, and I was going to say most normal thinking, sane humans <laughs> right. do yes. not want that. Yes, um, I was just going to say a quick Boston story because uh, they really are crazy and <laughs> insane. My first for my first wedding anniversary, it's paper, so you have to. I was like, what am I going to do that's going to be super creative and fun for our first anniversary? So I said, in my head, I'm going to frame the two most important days of my husband's life. Our marriage and when the Red Sox won the World Series. Yes. Finally. So <laughs> yes. I take it into the framer and he starts framing it and he puts the Red Sox before the my wedding picture. And I said, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, that's not going to happen. He goes, but I said, look, I know that when the Red Sox won, it was the most it was the best day of my husband's life. I know it. But you putting it like that is just rubbing it in. It's like a knife in <laughs> right. the it's a knife in my back. Right. I said, Can you just just for shits and giggles, uh, just give me the A yeah, spot? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's and it's hanging up and it's every day. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Um, They're serious about their Boston sports for uh, sure. Obviously. You it, know this very well. Yeah, it's insanity. And every well and also like every game. I was like, is this a big game? Every game's a big game. I said, but is it a really big game? As I said, yes, every this yes. is not how my husband sounds, by the way. But whenever I do my husband's voice, he's like, every day's a big yes, day. And yes. he's like, can you not make me sound like that? I'm like, no, I can't. I have to. Um, I want to talk a lot of football stuff, which is interesting because I'm, I've am i learned now, because I used to say, 
when a game was on, I would always ask, when's intermission? Yes. And I learned that it's yes, halftime. it is halftime. Is it the end of the first act? He said, it, <laughs> it is not. We don't say that. <laughs> okay. I have been impressed, and obviously you've been speaking a lot on CNN, talking about Colin Kaepernick and what's going on, and I've been really impressed at how you've articulated really what's going on, and you've cut through a lot of the Trump bullshit on what he's done. Did you feel just a responsibility because obviously you're a football player and was that where did you feel like I'm going to take up the charge for this? Because there wasn't people of your standing who could who could speak to it, I didn't think, as well as you did. Um, yeah, I think there were a lot of guys that uh, that kind of had their own messaging and the way they wanted to uh, articulate what they were what they were saying and, and the reasons why guys were kneeling uh, across the league. And I, I felt like, um, you know, they, the football players were were the current guys were going to, you know, say what they felt they they the points they wanted to make and get across. And me being a, a former NFL player, but also current political uh, commentator, I, I felt I, I did feel the responsibility. Yeah. But it but, you know, like I said, I've never been one to hold my tongue. So um, I don't want to say I was leading the charge, but I was definitely in the vanguard. Why have well, I'm trying to say this in a way that's delicate. There's no delicate way to say it. I've been so disappointed, and I shouldn't be, that so many others in the NFL have lacked the moral courage to really stand up to Trump and to really call him out on his bullshit and what it all is, whether it's this, whether it's you know Charlotte's, but whatever it is, everybody shrinks into it. But especially at this time, and it's such a pinnacle point in the NFL, mm-hmm. to take a stand and to say, you're wrong. We stand by our players. We stand by this. This is this is a truth. This is a fact. Right. Do you think that we're going to see more coaches, more management actually taking a stand, or do you think they're going to continue to sort of shrink? I think um, I think the coaches want it to go away for better or for worse. Uh, anything that's in, in their minds, anything that's not. Uh, conducive towards uh, the ultimate goal of winning a football game. Anything on the periphery of that is a quote-unquote distraction is what they consider it. And so, uh, but I think a lot of coaches early on were pretty smart and said, uh, you know, our our guys are free to do whatever they believe in. You know, we're not going to stymie their political beliefs um, or things they want to do. We we want them to be uh, full members of society. Uh, a lot of coaches were kind of took that angle, and some general managers, uh, the owners, not so much, yeah. uh, because obviously the the kneeling thing was was hurting uh, the the um, the profits. And uh, was it though, or was it more of to I, me? I was wondering so, if it really did or not. Yeah, I, I think um, I think there it, there were a number of reasons why the NFL ratings dropped, and I would say it was pro- the that people were. Uh, protesting, not watching the NFL, um, had had a little bit to do with that. I, I don't think it was everything like Trump made it out to be, or like Wait, a lot are of you his saying followers. Trump lied about it? Uh, That's yeah, shocking. I mean, yeah, you know, he's he's very rare um, when it comes to lying. But you know, every everyone every now and then, you know, every, it, one little lie yeah, slips one out. One little lie slips out, and you know, so we got to give Trump. You know, we got to we got to give him some leeway on that one. Oh. Do you? Is there been anybody you've been impressed with in management or coach side where you thought? Why can't everybody else lead? He's leading by example. Why can't people follow? Has there been people who've done? I mean, I think we spend so much time talking about everybody who's done a shit job. And so right. I was, right. I, I mean, because our world is is such chaos right mm. now that 
all we do is look at the disaster, the next disaster, next disaster. But I think it's important also to point out who's doing a good job, who's leading, you know, by example. Well, uh, I'd probably say uh, Steve Kerr. Okay. Uh, you know, basketball NBA coach of oh, uh, Golden State. He is. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, he is. Um, I mean, he's he's not he's not one to to uh, mince any words or tweets in in certain cases. And he's you know, and well, in my opinion, he's right about a lot of things. He's speaking up for equality, speaking up for um, gender equality, racial equality, uh, economic. Ju- he's he's done a lot, and I and I've really been impressed by him. And uh, as far as NFL coaches, I think again, it's. Uh, they view anything as a distraction, but there, there has, like I said, there has been a number of guys who have backed their players and went on record, and, mm-hmm. and so that's good, and it lets the players know that the coaches have their backs, and I think, any, like any family type of setting, that's that's important to know that very you know the the person in charge is not going to throw you under the bus, you know. Do you think this season will see this? We'll see this type of social activism continue. I I hope so because I think otherwise people will ignore it and move on to the next disaster. Right. Right. And this is too big to ignore, right. in my opinion, because mm-hmm. I there's so much. So we focus the next shiny object to whatever, you know. Oh, Trump tweeted about going to war with Iran, right. so now we can't worry about this. Mm-hmm. Do you think we'll continue to see it? Yeah, I think so. I think even before uh, the um, before Kaepernick decided to take a knee um, a few years ago, I think it was 2016 um, September, and a number of guys had been doing. Uh, had been going to meet with members of Congress, uh, advocating for a number of things that they're passionate about, uh, things that are personal to them. And I think what the Kaepernick situation did was it kind of amplified things and it and it kind of uh, sparked a lot in guys who probably never would want to speak out or want to advocate, come to the Hill and advocate for certain things. And um, I've I've been on a couple of uh, tours, so to speak, with guys that have come here, groups of players who have come here to advocate for things, whether it's criminal justice um, or uh, you know economic uh, equality. It's it's been interesting to see um, kind of the 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 broad based uh, organization that guys have been able to come up with, and and not just here in Washington, but going to their respective. Uh, state's attorney's office and talking to them about so important on the local exactly, level. Exactly, exactly, and and they and they're doing it from the ground. And that you know Richard Sherman, uh, Doug Baldwin. There's a number of guys throughout the NFL that have have been doing these things, and I, and I, and they'll continue to do it. It may not get as much publicity publicity because um, you know there there may not be as many guys kneeling, but the uh, the guys that are kneeling are not just kneeling. You know they were actually yeah. uh, there were actions behind uh, the kneeling. And so I think that was one of the things that was being missed, obviously, probably intentionally by a lot of conservative media and the president himself. But these guys have been doing have been doing uh, work for for years and years. And I don't think that it'll stop. I think it only amplified uh, a voice for guys. And now they want to do more and speak more. To me, it's so heartening. I wish we would hear more of these stories, but it's hard because our news is so cluttered with mm-hmm. all, of, all of the mess, because I think those are the kind of stories that will inspire more activism and inspire the next generation to take that charge as well and to see their role models and what they're doing. I think that's sort of the silver lining in all this garbage that's mm-hmm. going around is that I that people are being spurned to to be active and to be loud and to be vocal and to say this isn't right. right. We haven't had to we've we've always had to do it, but I don't think the immediacy has been so great and so dire. Do you think Kaepernick's going to get picked up by a team at any point? 
Uh, you know, unfortunately, I uh, I, I kind of knew that once he was out for a full season, uh, that it was going to be hard for him to get back in because every year you've got kids coming out of college, and those are a couple hundred some odd jobs that that players in the NFL are losing to these college kids that are coming up, and <clears throat> so um, you know, and, and and those numbers obviously are a lot of quarterbacks, and although he was one of the better quarterbacks. Um, you know, definitely better than some starters and better than virtually every backup. And you see some of the talent that was uh, that was being taken in front of him. It just it just made you question, like, OK, what's you know, it's obviously not about his talent. And, it had nothing to do with his right. talent. And Even I, I saw that. I was, I'm like, I'm not great at math, but I'm looking at this. I, and it made no sense. Yeah, and I said, right. well, of course it makes sense. I, I get it. It's very punitive. But right. I just didn't know if enough time had passed where someone said, OK, Let's give a man who has talent an opportunity to showcase it and yeah. to and use it. Yeah, I think unfortunately, I, I think uh, so much time has passed by now, and especially for a quarterback. Um, and he was coming off an injury, but I mean, he was still he the, when he finished um, in 2016, uh, he finished with uh, a pretty pretty good stat line uh, for you know the four games that he played. So uh, you know his talent hadn't diminished. He still it still was. Again, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, uh, starter caliber player. So uh, I think people people stopped talking about it, or at least I tried to make uh, tried to facilitate people to stop talking about it. Once Aaron Rodgers came out and said it's clear that that he's not playing, and it's not because of his talent. He's a talented guy, and so once Aaron Rodgers came out and said that, then I'm like, okay, now like one of the best <laughs> players in in the NFL, one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history, has said this. So. I mean, I played wide receiver, which I have a great relationship with quarterbacks, but he obviously would know much better than any other uh, uh, commentator out there who was saying that. And it was, again, it was usually the conservatives and Trump saying all this crazy stuff that he wasn't good enough. But uh, the numbers and um, the film uh, told a different story. So you're saying the facts told this different story. Yeah, yeah. This was, uh, again, something that we've become used to. Uh, curious. You know, yeah, where, where they people push the line on facts and they they come up with quote unquote alternative facts which is just a lie yeah p.s um big question for you uh, why does bill belichick always look like he's passing a kidney stone you almost did it again i almost got a spit take i just want to tell you i know you guys aren't here but oh, literally God. i kind of waited to who's getting a drink of water and i was like i'm gonna get the spit take oh man oh boy um he literally looks like he is so angry. He's gonna punch a wall or pass a kidney stone. Yeah, he's like that. Uh, he's like that mad scientist. Um, but he's always you know, mad. Uh, he Does smiles. He, smile? he, he smirks every now and then. <laughs> um, I, I think you can call it that. Okay. Uh, he's actually got a a pretty dry, funny but dry sense of humor. And sometimes it's it's like it's not intended to be funny because he's like cursing us out. And so it's like, um, I'm not going to laugh out loud. I'm just going to sit here and just <laughs> take this verbal abuse. But uh, he's, you know, I, I credit him. He is obviously one of the greatest. And uh, I was blessed to be able to learn from him and play under him for a couple of years. And there's, there's a lot of great stories that people don't know about him. Um, you know, things he's done for people. And, uh, you know, I know he supports Trump and all that. And That's really hard. Yeah. It, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you, in all seriousness, and I don't want you to, you know, okay. Yeah, actually, I do. Is it hard for you 
because you respect him as a man and as a coach and as somebody who's done something for your career than to do something vocally and so publicly to support someone, to support Trump, who to me is, at this point, I have a hard time with people who support Trump mm-hmm. seeing what he's done. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, you You, you make the case. And the, initially, uh, you know, Trump is known to exaggerate uh, on occasion. And <laughs> he was at a rally, and this was before the uh, 2016 election. He was at a rally and he said, he was bragging about Belichick, writing him a letter. And uh, I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. And then, but I, but I, for, for posterity uh, and fact checking reasons, uh, they have been friends for a long time. Yeah. Donald Trump was actually in our locker room after we beat the Chargers in the AFC Championship, going to the Super Bowl, uh, standing in my locker, which was odd. Ten years later, I had no idea he would become the president. <coughs> Sorry. No, that happens to me when United I say States. it too. Um, it's like it gets caught in your throat. You're like, do I yeah, have to really say it? Yeah, uh, it's still just odd. But um, so they they've been friends for a while, and and I know they they've been close. And so once he started, once Trump began talking about. Uh, essentially Bill was saying something about the media being unfair and biased and I'm like oh my god that's totally Belichick Belichick totally said that because that's that's Bill he's not a fan of the media and he for different reasons but uh, he is he's not the most friendly to interview yeah yeah You, you, you would have to find something you know in the back door with him that would that would get him to talk and it's rare but people get it on occasion and it's you know his his eyes light up when he's not you know that 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 uh that mechanism because uh, he is a robot he's not a human being actually I, I'm just gonna say it here first oh uh, I assume so yeah uh, there's no way you can win that many championships and not be, and be human uh, <laughs> but uh, no he's he's done a great job there but the funny thing about it is just you know it's you think about it and all the things that Trump has done I mean there's I, there's too many to list here right we'll be here for till till the end of the weekend Memorial Weekend de- uh, describing all plans. the yeah I don't actually uh, <laughs> describing the, all the things that he's done uh, since he's been in office and even the um, the repugnant things that he's said and done on the campaign trail but uh, it's tough it is tough and um, I just you know it's it's I haven't been able to talk to him about it and nor I probably would not um, we would probably talk football but it is disheartening to to know that uh, somebody that I respect highly uh, is like supporting uh, someone with Trump after we've seen all the things that he's done, but again, it's you know people double down and they you know they they get in they get in the back of the corner with their candidate, and it's that in that respect in that regard it becomes a football game, and that's yeah. probably the most disheartening thing I've moving to D.C. I, I didn't realize there was uh, I mean I, maybe maybe you call it naivete, but uh, I didn't realize there was so much tension between conservative and and liberal media and uh, Democrats and Republicans. And then I moved here and I'm like, you guys are treating this like it's a damn football game. (laughs) And they're actual like people's lives, people's like American citizens lives. And and because of our foreign policy, people's lives around the globe are hanging in the balance. And you guys are here playing a damn football game. Like what's going on here? It's. It's really surprising, and it's gotten obviously so much worse. Yeah. It's oh, there's always been that tug of war, right? Exactly, and it's always been a game, but never to the extent where we've seen this impact. Because I was thinking about players, and I get it. It's, it's at the end of the day, everyone just wants to win, and I get that that sort of goes to the forefront. And you kind of have to be blind in a way, and you just have to be so focused because otherwise, somebody literally physically gets hurt. Mm-hmm. But and this could just be my bleeding heartness. I would find it so difficult 
having a coach who supports someone who is so blatantly racist and bigoted and anti-Semitic and homophobic and just every quality you would despise in a human and you're saying, oh, okay, I'm going to go to the White House or he's a good dude and it just, that's hard, but I get it. Then your job is to win. Yeah, but and also too, I, I will. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because there were a lot of players uh, from the Patriots that did not decide to go. Um, I love that. You know, I, Tom Brady did not uh, go, but he he actually had some uh, personal issues that he was dealing with. His mother was sick, and he wasn't he wasn't able to come. But uh, he's he's not shown up in the past. And but politically, a lot of players said after the Super Bowl, you know, minutes after winning the Super Bowl. We're like, yeah, I'm not going to the White House. I loved it. And, and the same thing the next year, following the year with the Eagles, they did the same thing. And, um, yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's to, to hear the president's uh, response and uh, to just see how he reacts towards these things is, is not surprising. But, uh, you know, what he does and, and the things he says does reverberate around the globe with, with uh, you know, other countries. It does. It has a... Absolutely has that effect. Is was Deflate Gate? What in your opinion was it total bullshit? What's that? Shut up! I swear to God. What is that? I've Don't never heard of it. Don't you do that? <laughs> I will use a CIA mind Jedi oh, trick right hell. now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I believe so, and and I say this because, you know, I I didn't want to comment on it before uh, when it was happening. I didn't want to comment on it on the on the pressure of the footballs because I I mean I'm. You weren't there. I'm yeah. I'm one of the uh, you know one of the few people who actually you know control the ball, being a wide receiver, and so I didn't even know there was a limit that 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 was um, that was an actual. I, I had no idea, and I don't and I don't think a lot of people knew that except for the quarterbacks because they are the ones that have to get the balls down to their liking. They like they have to. Uh, some of them like them more inflated, like I think uh, Eli Manning and, and Aaron Rodgers and. Uh, uh, I think maybe Aaron Rodgers likes his a little under. Tom likes his a little under. So it's the preference of the quarterback. And so, you know, when this whole thing broke, I I didn't want to come until I felt the different pressure in the balls. And once I did that, actually, Jake Tapper had them on set, which was which was actually great for me because it it just it gave me full confidence to say what I was saying and not yeah. just get up there and and be able to have some actual in, input. Uh, outside of the game, and he's a big Eagles fan. Yeah, he is a little he bit. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, I think overall, I think the NFL was um, extremely aggressive about it, and you know, it, it was it, it came down to a point where I think I forgot what the what the terminology they used was. Generally aware, I believe that <laughs> Tom Brady was quote generally aware that uh, the balls were being deflated under uh, the the NFL's regulations. So. You know, I I don't that then that would say that he was intentionally cheating, and I I just can't buy that. You uh, know him too. Yeah, but but again, I I do believe that the again all quarterback, and that's what it, it was good because other quarterbacks stepped up and were like, like yeah, we all have our the way we like our footballs massage different and. Uh, Sounds like you know, you're like giving it a sweetest massage. Like, <laughs> I need a I massage. I like to need too. it My at the end. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think it, I think at the end of the day, it did nothing but piss off New England fans. It pissed off Tom Brady, and he went out on yeah. a on a. I don't want to curse because I do you it can, too much, but you can curse. Uh, if you haven't heard me say it. I've <laughs> dropped enough f bombs. Okay. Yeah. Well, the as the Bostoners put it, the ma- the mass holes put it. Yes. Tom Brady went on the fuck you tour. He did, and uh, you know he missed the four games, was suspended, but then he came back and just obliterated the league and. 
and then had the monumental comeback against the Falcons. They were down 28 to three to put the icing on the cake was like, yeah, that was just like the mic drop of all mic drops. It was. It was. I felt like he, it was literally, he was just walking around this middle finger. Even I knew that. I was like, this right. is kind of a big fucking moment. Yeah. And it, my husband's like, yeah, it's a huge fucking yeah. moment. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So make sure I'm picking up what you're throwing down. <laughs> Who are you excited about in 2020? And do you think you'll campaign for anybody? Um. Well, I just rolled up my sleeves. You uh, did. Oh, that's a Mayor Pete move. I, yeah, I saw him this morning at the Washington Post, and uh, I, I like I like a lot of what he says. I think, um, you know, there's never going to be, or at least in my mind, I don't think there will ever be a candidate that I will like through and through and will agree with on all the same policies. But I think his I think his heart is in the right direction, and for me, that's that's a start for that's a good start for anyone. And I'm not trying to uh, use Trump as the as the foundation or the barometer of what I'm looking for in a candidate. But uh, I think the way that politics are, especially in this city and the way it's it's um, the way it is in 2019, is that you need genuine people in office. And so I, I do think he's genuine. Uh, he comes across as genuine and he's been able to go across America and speak and, uh, you know, as a, as a young candidate, he's younger than me, which is scary because it means I'm getting old. But anyway, uh, (laughs) but, um, I, I do like a lot what he's saying. And I think there's a number of different candidates that are bringing his poll um, numbers are dropping though. Yeah. I don't know why that is. It's interesting, but, uh, you know, he shot pretty high out out of the gates and he was talking about, he was having a hard time connecting with African-American community Mm -hmm. and he was very honest about some of the challenges. Yeah. Which, which is very rare, which is rare. And to me, I almost see that as like, Oh, that's refreshing. Someone is being honest, but he was, he's been incredibly honest and it's interesting. And I think it's, it's, he's taken a hit that way. And also I feel like you could only fly so close to the sun before something's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. And and that and that'll be the interesting thing is to be able to see, you know, where when when uh when the shit hits the fan, you know, where what does your candidate do? What what is what does he do or she do? And um you know, I love the fact that Elizabeth Warren is like dropping uh policies left and right like just like leaflets, like I love that. She is I, I I appreciate that. I love that she's talking policy yeah, all right, the time. Right. Right. Everybody there's so many candidates who haven't touched policy, right. and she said, oh, what do you want to talk about? Here's this, here's <laughs> right. this, here's this. She, to me, is amazing, and I I, I love that she's in the game. Yep, I think she is smart, she is capable, mm-hmm. and she could, and her ideas and her policy, it makes sense. Yeah, they do. One of the things I've, I've been concerned with, uh, not just her in general. She doesn't but, smile enough. <laughs> oh, God, no. She is, uh, I, I love her. I told, I was sold when she uh, she tweeted out a picture of her doggo and said um, and asked if the dog could uh, could be a stand-in for a dire wolf on Game of Thrones. And so I was like, oh, she's got my vote. Oh, I'm sold. You are she's a Game of, we'll Thrones, get to Game of Thrones <laughs> I'm sold. But uh, no, I, I, I do appreciate the fact that she's coming in and dropping these policies and is, and is you know, like it, cramming it down our necks, if you will. But it's something that we need to hear. We People need to hear deeper than than just these platitudes these political platitudes you need to hear deeper about like what's actually going what's actually wrong with our company why, our country why uh, are you getting these tax returns as opposed to this tax return why are your premiums and health care more expensive than this she and she's breaking all that down that's important for Americans to understand and really delve into and I know it's hard you know people are it's 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 hard I understand I get it but uh, I do hope that we get to a point where people are actually listening more so to the policies than looking at 
uh, someone's electability or, you know, whether they're a man or a woman or wh- wow. whatever the case may be. It, although, obviously, I'm, and that, let me let me clear this up because I, I do. I'm glad there's more women um, running. If, if it was up to me, I would empty the Senate and the House and make sure that uh, I think it's Mexico that has a uh, it's 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 one of the Central American countries that has a uh, has a has a rule in their um, constitution that mm-hmm. it has to be I think fifty fifty or sixty forty women and I'm totally down with that. I am so down with that. Yeah. And I what I hope and then I had another question about twenty twenty is that people get that and that people are starting to run for their local office because we're seeing if you don't run for your local state you see. You see what's happening in Alabama. Mm-hmm. You see what's happening in Missouri. Right. You see that these rules are being made by men to, that impact women. They don't impact the men, and women will die because of rules that men make. Right. Nobody in this room, but I'm just saying it's so important. So I hope that that's something that people are going to get inspired by and mm-hmm. realize that they have that power and they have the strength to make a difference. And I think more and more people are seeing that mm-hmm. because we're all getting so loud and we're taking to yep. the streets and they realize, especially with this new round of amazing, amazing women who have come into the Congress, yes. they're saying, oh, this is their first time, whether it's AOC, whoever yep. it is, saying, I can do this now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And to me, that is that is inspiration. Oh, it's it's amazing. It's been amazing to see that and just to see somewhat of a transformation, uh, at least on the Democratic yeah. side, uh, not so much the Republican side. It uh, just no. looks the way it's always looked for forever. And, um, Gray, old, <laughs> yeah. white. Yeah. But I, I am I am pleased. Um, I think with uh, a lot of people are upset about. It. I'm not a Democrat or Republican. I try to I try to stay down the middle. Although I'm, it, it, you follow yeah. me on Twitter, you know I'm 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 a left leaning. I was gonna My say. politics are, are obviously left. I'm left handed, so it's just natural. Me too. So it's just uh, natural. We just high fived. Yeah. I did a bad high five. <laughs> me too. It, me too. It was kind of weak. Uh, but yeah, I I'm, I am appreciative of uh, you know different political ideologies that are coming in through the. Democratic uh, side of it all, you know, uh, Tulsi Gabbard gets a lot of shit, but I do appreciate that she's bringing in uh, a vision or at least talking about uh, the wars that we're in. And a lot of people aren't. She's kind of banging the hammer on that. And we don't have that conversation. And I appreciate that. Pete has. He has. Yeah, he's definitely spoken on it. For sure. So he can speak from that from that place. Right. And he actually did so this morning at uh, at the Washington Post event. Uh, They were asking him some pretty tough questions and he handled it well, I thought. But um. Yeah, and, and like I said, I you know, I I think all these all these discussions need to come up in policy because I want to hear Elizabeth Warren talk about, and she has she's tweeted about it. I've I've followed her closely or pretty closely, but um, I want to know what she thinks about Venezuela. I want to know what she thinks about Iran. I want to know what she thinks about North Korea and what she what she figures on, uh, you know, diplomacy versus uh, you know, military action. I, I need I want to know these things and. Uh, you know, and, I, and my, my concern, again, not just with Elizabeth Warren, uh, with anyone, including it, what happened with Barack Obama, that when you don't, when you're coming in as a candidate and you don't have foreign policy experience, it usually, usually, and it's, it's happened throughout history. It happened uh, with Reagan. It happened in. Uh, it happened again with Obama. It happened with Bush one or Bush two, where the that that void in your political or in your knowledge of foreign policy or lack of uh, Jimmy Carter, same thing. It gets filled with people who are more with the, neoliberal or neoconservative, and then we get ourselves into these uh, either uh, wars uh, around the world or these 
uh, funks with different parts of uh, of the of regions, different regions around the world, and things flare up, and it's like, why do we have this issue with Iran today, and you know, why why is our relationship with Russia? And you look back to when Reagan and Gorbachev were literally words away from ending all ending all nuclear weapons. Like, think about that. It's amazing. You, yeah, and of course, Reagan got pushback from his. Uh, from from the neoconservatives in his uh, party in his party, but also in his administration, and you know, I mean, you had so I, I need to, I want to know who who are you learning from? What, what's your what's your thoughts on nuclear weapons? Because the, that vacuum gets filled by usually by more hawkish yep. uh, people in that position. Well, it's also I also will take someone who is intellectually curious as exactly, well. Exactly, for sure. Because Obama was very honest that he said there was a lot of areas he he had mm-hmm. gaps, right? And he said. But what he has and we don't have is a president who wants to learn and wants exactly. to wants to fill out wants those to gaps. Read. Wants to read. <laughs> wants to actually read the presidential daily brief. The PDB. Well, just bring him nice something. pictures. He wants like nice pictures. He wants pop ups. <laughs> Do you think? Oh, I almost got another spit you take. Did. Dude, oh, I'm so close. I'm not going to do it now. You're drinking. I won't do it. Do you think? And I. This is my jaded, cynical take on the world. Do you think? That somebody, a woman, someone who's diverse, someone who isn't a white dude, really has a shot against Trump. I worry that we have swung so far that in order to woo anybody who would have voted for Trump, it has to be the same gender. It has to be there has to be some kind of sameness because and I desperately hope I'm wrong and I desperately hope I'm jaded because right now the candidates that. I am excited about our Elizabeth Warren, mm-hmm. our mayor, you know, our candidates that are different. Right. Because I also right. feel like that's the best way to represent America because they are more, that's what our country looks like and right. we need to see it at the table. But what do you think? Well, realistically, I, I think, uh, and, and again, it's it's super early, right? It's only um, May of 2019. We're still 18, 19 months out. But, Ugh, it's been a long <laughs> right? 18 or 19 yeah. months. Oh, man. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, but I but I think that when you look at how how this has has all played out over time, um, is is that the reason why Joe Biden is leading right yeah. now? You know what I mean. And, and again, it's it's super early, but you you just I don't know. And that I think that has to be a factor in it. Uh, why why he is leading right now? This again, it's early, but I don't know. I I hope I'm I'm with you. I hope that people can see the diversity in this country and say, hey, you know what? It's like, like this needs to be said. Like it's, it's not just okay to have a woman president. Like I think we, I'm, I'm more inclined to want a woman president in in office. Yesterday I had the honor of getting to sit down with the other podcast I co-host with Hillary Clinton. We sat down and she was Everything I wanted her to be and more, she was amazing and brilliant and smart, and it made me so angry that she wasn't our president. I, I came away awed and inspired and just pissed the fuck off yeah. that she was not our president because I was talking to a woman who would have led us in such a beautiful, powerful, passionate, progressive way, and it was it was awing. And I so I, I hope I'm wrong because I want that for us. Um Another question, it's super important. Um, Game of Thrones finale, did it suck or really, really suck? <laughs> um, you know what I chose to do? I, Don't. I, thought, I thought about this. Don't wuss out. I thought about this. You wussed out. <laughs> I chose to 
cherish the memories from season one through season seven and say, you know what, I'm not going to let season eight ruin my Game of Thrones experience. So I came in with low expectations. It's a bullshit response. <laughs> but, however, I will that say... a bullshit <laughs> I will say, honestly, and I I said this uh, before the season started and I tweeted it the, like an hour or so before the episode started. I said, I didn't care what happens in season eight as long... Because I, I knew Cer- Cersei's one of my favorites. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Uh, but I knew, I knew Cersei was gone. I, oh, I knew course. that, right? Yeah. But I said, as long as Arya is safe and sound then I don't care what happens. Really? I don't care if Daenerys kills Jon, vice versa, uh. if Drogon eats. I don't, if, as long as Arya is safe, then I was okay. Oh, you were okay with literally the most boring character <gasps> getting the king. Bran? Oh, 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 I thought oh, no. we were talking about Arya. Yes. No, uh, Bran, literally the name of the character is the name of the cereal you would never eat because it's so boring. <laughs> he is named Bran. <laughs> Who do you know who says, I love Bran? <laughs> Nobody. Right. And he's he's the only character that, uh, main character that missed the whole season, right? Literally. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. he's still here? Yeah, I, I was a little... Uh, and uh, I never read the book, so I get why people either. that read the books are pissed. I mean, I was I was not happy with it, but again, I, I likened it to oh, the Patriots winning 18 games and getting to the Super Bowl and losing... And we and and so okay. instead of instead of me being like you know what God I, I mean and I still wish we won the Super Bowl but we didn't and so now I'm left with okay do I either just say forget that whole season or do I or am I appreciative of everything I learned and and what I got to do for that that's the way I looked at it Wait, Call so you, me a, like, how can you even compare <laughs> the Super Bowl with Game of Thrones Game of what? Thrones is so much more important of course okay that is true okay we're 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 on the same page and, there and yes. Cersei's death Very was true. anticlimactic I know I yes I wanted I like a good vicious bloody I, death too. well I didn't want to see her no, beat down that but bad, I needed but I something needed, yes I wanted something that was in measure to the pain that she's inflicted right 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 I think we deserve that <laughs> and I also thought the dragon was horrible yeah, that yeah, what? I didn't understand that. The I, dragon that understands metaphor, <laughs> the dragon who's like, well, I get it. One, there is one like it, and it, again. I'm, I didn't read the books, but in the show, how how whatever this is worth, uh, season four maybe no, actually it was earlier in the series, season two or three maybe. Uh, Tyrion says to someone um, when they were talking about dragons and I love how early nerdy dragons, you are. It's, it's ridiculous. I'm I'm embarrassed actually, but um, you should be gonna, a little gonna, bit. Gonna, but gonna, I am too. So it's all good. <laughs> um, Tyrion was speaking to a couple of people, and he said uh, that dragons are. Um, he said dragons are actually you know pretty intelligent creatures, and some say they're more intelligent than men. And this was you know okay, this was, that see, I can this was buy. so this was still a part of the books. Uh-huh. Again, I don't know if it was, but. I was all for it because I'm like, yeah, break the wheel, like you know, establish democracy, and and then you know, Bran became king. So we're yeah. supposed to believe, though. Let's go back to this dragon, then we'll move on. We're supposed <laughs> to believe that a dragon goes, you know what? I get it. You had right, to kill Danny right, right. because of the throne, and really, the throne is symbolic for the last eight seasons. So what I'm going to do? I know I wasn't here the whole time. I've been asleep. My brother was my brother. Dragon got killed because he was a he turned like bad, and then another right. dragon out. But I get it. It's all about the throne so I'm going to burn it down it yeah. was a little much for yeah. me yeah. it was a little yeah. I wanted I just was like turn it down and yeah. yeah I mean I think at the end of it and I'm people are obviously pissed I'm I, I wish they would have had an opportunity well they did have an opportunity let me rephrase that I wish they mm-hmm. would have taken liberty as HBO was giving them to allow them to extend 
out the seasons because we Me needed too. we needed that and the show needed it. I felt for that too. Purpose, you know, because I felt like they crammed it and it was because totally we only did. had six episodes or eight. Yeah, and so I yeah. thought, and some of them were really long. Why right. not split it and give us a little bit more story? Because right. exactly. we were forced to fill in things, and which was fine, but eh. right. Um, uh, like a couple last questions and I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. Hopefully I get one more spit take. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I know that you travel a lot. So what's next on your bucket list? Uh, next on my bucket list is- I'm a big traveler too. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, severe wanderlust. Well, yeah. We'll have to share. Um, you'll, you'll have to, if you've been to Paris, you'll have to let me know. I was just there in September. Oh, perfect. It's magical. It's it's everything you want it to be, and Perfect. I wanted to take up an aggressive French lifestyle of chain smoking and wine drinking. <laughs> it was everything about it was so romantic. I yeah. kept telling my husband, like, I just want to start chain smoking and just drinking wine out of a bottle. Yeah. He, he said you could probably live it less aggressively. I'm like, no, less I'm aggressively. Gonna, and I'm going to live the Paris lifestyle. I'm going to do it right. Yeah, you're going to jump in both feet, huh? So you're going to go to Paris? I'm taking my mother to Paris uh, in August. She's always wanted to go, and so uh, finally. Uh, schedules kind of worked out where uh, we can go. and it's so special. Yeah, and I, I'm excited about it. I, I'm, I'm probably also going to take her to uh, London and yeah. uh, maybe Amsterdam while we're there. My mother is, um, she's a I, what I call a super Christian. She doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't curse. Oh. And so she, I think she will enjoy Amsterdam. <laughs> oh, little, yeah, she's going to love Amsterdam. <laughs> she's going to see, what is the smell? And you're going to be like, Mom, you've now been hotboxed. Oh, she by knows that type. smell. She okay. knows that smell. <laughs> it's like the city ball hotboxer. That's crazy, but it's beautiful. Yeah. No, it is, and, and it has a lot of great museums. And my my mom is pretty clairvoyant on, um, on on my thinking, and she knew before I did that I was going to end up at the University of Tennessee, uh, just because of a look on my face. And then when I get back from uh, my travels last summer, I was traveling in a number of different countries, and. She come when I came back. She says you're going to move to Amsterdam, and I'm like, what? And I'm like, well, you know that the Hague is right there, and I would love to go down and uh, and like study um, some some things on human rights, whether if it's there in, in the Netherlands or in Sweden. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to do or Geneva. I would love to do that for like six months or a year, and uh, and, and I, I love Amsterdam. It's it's a it's a hub there. Everyone speaks English there, which is good for Excellent. this single singular. Um, English only speaking American, so um, it's a it's a good. I think it's a good place, but she'll she'll enjoy Paris, and oh, so I'm hoping perfect. that I can give her a, a great late birthday present. Oh, it's a perfect. It's it's beautiful. Where else? I'm just curious. Anywhere else on your bucket list, or where do you want to go besides going? Is there any place that you that you said I'm? I definitely want to hit there. Yeah, I, I definitely want to go to um, Senegal. I want to. I haven't spent much time in Africa, and I definitely want to get there. I, I've been to. Um, I've been to Morocco. Me too. Yeah, I was there last summer. I Me was there too. for a few days. Yeah. Yeah, in September. I was there in August. Yeah, August. Where'd you go, Marrakesh? Um, I was in Casablanca. You did do Casablanca. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I got to run on the beach. It was beautiful. It, um, but Africa's it's huge. Magical. It's expansive. You know, it's a big country, as one vice president thought it was. <clears throat> yes. Uh, but anyway, yeah, no, it's 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 when? huge, and I definitely want to go to Ghana. Um, there's so many so many different places that that I want to travel, and and I'm hoping that um, I can take you know maybe three weeks a, a month even, and and really uh, do that. Hopefully bef- before football season starts, I'd, I'd love amazing. to do that. Yeah, I have. I like to do Turkey, maybe not the 
but I don't know if it's quite the right time to do it. I think things mm. are, yeah. Well, I, I actually, yeah, I wanted to do Istanbul, but I've been That's pretty. That's where I want to go. Istanbul is on the top of my I've been pretty outspoken about Erdogan and tagging him on Twitter and like, that hey. That may not be, yeah. I'm like, hey, you came down here and beat up dozens of Americans and our president didn't say anything. How do you feel about it? Well, obviously you sicked your thugs on our American citizens who were just peacefully protesting in the streets of Washington, D.C. Yeah. in front of the embassy. And then Trump, of course, said absolutely nothing about it. Of course not. Yeah. Because that would mean he'd have a spine. Yeah. Well, I will definitely give you some Paris suggestions. Uh, I might have London, but everyone, you've been to London, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Um, your Italy pictures were amazing. Thank you. I, I think it's important. The reason I want to end with travel, because I think it's important now, because when I've traveled, I don't know if you got the same thing. I always felt like it was the Trump apology tour. <laughs> yes. Yes. And yes. I and I tell everybody <laughs> seriously foreign travel is for me now it's seventy percent or sixty percent in experiencing a culture right. and the forty percent is apologizing seriously. for Trump. Yeah. We're going, we don't really feel this way. Right. I'm so so sorry. It's not us. It's him. Okay, we good. didn't vote for him. It's uh, Yeah. I, uh, and it's so important to be I feel to be that citizen where you can say, you know, it's not us. When I, we went to Morocco, and I've told this story before, and I'll briefly, it's, first of all, it was in my heart. I just felt this country so deeply, and I loved it. Oh, it's just, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. But I was buying something, and a gentleman said, hey, can I thank you in Arabic? And I said, mm, of course. And he goes, well, I know Americans don't like us, so I didn't want to be offensive. Oh, uh, my God. It was. Oh, it's, That's disheartening. It's a disheartening. It is a gut punch. Right. It is. It right. made my eyes well up, and we had right. a very real conversation, which was great. Yes. He said, "Can you please tell people to come and visit?" Yeah. And, and I, I tell everybody to visit, but it's, and it, it was just, it was so eye opening. It was one of yeah. the first times that happened yeah. where someone was so vocal and saying, "Oh, I know you all hate oh, us." Oh my god. It's horrible. It is because a majority of Americans do not think that way. It's a no. very, it's a small minority. That just... um, unfortunately, that are in power now. But uh, I, I did. I was, I was in Berlin. I've always wanted to go to Berlin. I've loved learning about World War II as a kid, um, and as a grown adult, as a grown kid, um, <laughs> loved learning about it. And so, when I went there, uh, there was just this chill that I got. But also, um, I I was on the apology tour as well, and <laughs> I, and, and it's really interesting. Uh, you know, that where whether if I was in Amsterdam or. Um, you know, in, in Rome, uh, people are pretty in tune to American politics, Absolutely. but also the history of it. Right. Because, you know, a lot of people, a lot of countries have been affected for better or for worse, you know, through our foreign policy over the decades. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of things that we're not taught in school, they are taught because it's a part of their history, even though um, it's also our history. But we're mostly only taught the good things about America. But I, I do I do uh, believe that Again, and when I was in Berlin and I asked that there was a guy with a professional camera taking pictures of the Braden Bogotur. I say that right? I hope so. Um, it sounded I really it, good. Yeah, Braden Bogotur, um, the Bradenburg Gate. And um, I asked him if he mind taking a couple of pictures on my iPhone. And uh, and, and I was kind of half joking. Well, no, I totally it was a half joking, but serious. And I said, um, and he's like, oh, you're American. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not a Trump supporter. Yeah. And then he's like, good, because I wouldn't have, t- I wouldn't have taken your picture. <laughs> and um, and I, and we both laughed about it. And he, you know, one of the things he said to me was uh, when we had, a, he's a, actually a photojournalist, and we were having a conversation. And he says to me, uh, you know, one of the one of the things that I've been most proud about being a German 
is Angela Merkel um, accepting a million refugees in. It's amazing. And uh, he said, because we, we have to show the rest of the world that, you know, that we are not uh, the Germany of old. Yeah. And you see it around the city. You see, um, you know, the imagery of uh, Kristallnacht, and, uh, which is just devastating. And you see uh, the, the Berlin Wall. And, and, and it's just, it's a historical city, obviously, for a number of different reasons. And you feel the weight of that. And I know the citizens do, too. And uh, the photojournalist that I was speaking with, you know, he he was shaking his head and said, "Man, we've we've seen that before here. Yeah, we know what's happening in America." And I just got chills and was like, "Man, I'm, I I just felt bad that he had to say it." And I felt, I, I just and then it, again, it brought chills over me because I mean, you know, there are a lot of things that are going on that, uh, that that are not uh, democratic, and uh, we we've got to start speaking out more and. And like I said, I hope more uh, citizens become engaged to what to the real issues of what's of what's so happening. So you hear here. that become engaged, and I it's so important. And I say that all the time that every every single one of us who has a voice, we can make a difference. Mm-hmm. We can we can gather, we can support, we can be loud, and we can make our voices heard. And if you this is a weird segue, but whatevs. Um, if you like this show, which I'm sure you do, go visit us on Deep State Radio Network, and you can support all of our work by becoming a member, and you get early access to podcasts, um, and also other kind of really cool Deep State Radio swag and other interesting fun facts. But you can also visit me on iTunes, and if you like the show, leave a review and a rating. And as I said, if you don't lie and just leave a great review and rating. And you can follow Dante on Twitter at Dante Stallworth. And you can follow me at CIA Spy Girl. And Deep State Radio is also on Facebook and Twitter. So thank you so much, Dante. And thank you all for listening. Thank you for having me. My pleasure.